Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Comic Book Curious. Please tell us your name and your occupation. My name is Karen Parsons, and I'm an actress, author, and producer. Welcome. Thank you so much for coming. One of the most beloved actresses in the country. Ah, well. <laughs> so, Karen, who is your favorite superhero and why? You know, I, growing up, I really loved Storm. <laughs> I loved Storm. I want, because I, I mean, she was just too cool, right? She looks so cool. I always wanted to have like a white mohawk. That was the Storm that I was. And so I was so taken by her. I love Storm. But then when we always get into our thing about like, who's the, who's the ultimate superhero? And whenever we get into that at home, I think we always end up falling on the side of Superman. I don't, but I'm not saying he's my favorite, but I, Storm is my favorite. Well, you're right. I mean, they, they actually, when you're creating superheroes, I just learned this because I keep asking a lot of questions that when people are creating superheroes, they kind of have this Superman syndrome where they give their characters too much power <laughs> and then it's hard to beat him because then, or right. her, and then you're like, wait, how do you even... So that's uh, that's something that I've thought a lot about. And for me, you were talking about Storm, who's an X-Men. Jean Grey, she's like really hard to beat herself because she's like got tele telepath telepathic powers. Oh. And she's also can teleport. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, she can move teleport? things and she can read your mind. Oh, 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 she can move other things. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's like uh, telepathic is different. And yeah, what's the know. other tele? What is that it I'm when you move from? things? There's telekinesis, but I don't telekinesis, know Telekinesis, thank you. Is that it? <laughs> yes. So okay. she has both of those. Yeah, that's a great one. Okay, so if you could have one superhero power, what would it be? I think it's flying. I think it's flying. I mean, invisible is really cool, but it, in a way, you're kind of just still in the same spot. So, I mean, it's great. Yeah, you can't see me. It's like a trick on everybody, but it doesn't. And I don't want to like eavesdrop on people. So I think flying, <laughs> so I mean, you know, like, yeah, ex well, you know, I feel really like, oh, I can't, I shouldn't be here. You know, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use it because <laughs> I would just be too like, oh, that's not, that's impolite. <laughs> so I'm going to leave. I, I wouldn't be a good invisible person. So flying though, flying would just be awesome. That's a great one. Okay. Well, what is your superhero power now? I think my superhero power is empathy. I think I'm pretty good at trying to imagine how somebody else might feel and really, and not just how I would feel, but taking into consideration anything and everything I know about that person and trying to imagine their, how they might feel about something and to take that into consideration in every situation. It's part of why I love writing and acting is because I like to, well, like, especially writing, because you get to get into different people and find out like, well, why would somebody do something like that? Things that you might, at, you know, from your normal perspective, look at and have, you think like, well, that's terrible. Why would you do that? You know, and have all these judgments and opinions about, but if you put yourself really in the person's position, who they are, where they're coming from, what's happened before with them, it can often completely turn around how you feel about their actions and their behavior. And I think we all should practice it as much as possible. We learn a lot about each other and, and have more, much more love and compassion for each other if we can have more empathy. So it's something that's very important to me. And I think I'm, I think I'm pretty good at, I think that's my superpower. That's tremendous. Do you have an example of a character that you created with that in mind, or maybe not even in mind, maybe it was a subconscious decision in one of your books 
God, I, my eyes are going all over the place because I, you know, I use it for for every character. So there are characters that do bad things. There's a character in my book, How High the Moon, who um, is a terrible bully. He's really nasty, mean, you know, a real a real jerk when he comes around, and um, definitely a bully. But I, it was important to me to kind of get into why he behaved the way that he did because it's not as simple if somebody isn't born a bully I mean that's the thing you look around at all the people around you and some people behaving horribly and you have to remember everybody was a baby everyone was a toddler wide-eyed and bumping into things and falling down and just happy to be there and then things change but that's basically who we all are and if you can remember that then you can go to a place of like of goodness that we all really come from and then things happen that make us, you know, resentful and angry and, you know, and holding on to these things that make us behave, sometimes behave poorly. So I tried to do that with that character in How High the Moon. I try to do it with all of them, though. I I, I love it. And I, I, I agree with you. I think empathy is going to save the world with AI and automation and cybernetics and everything that's happening. If we yeah. can't get people to really care about each other, truly care about each other, we're yeah. kind of doomed as a race. So... Right. No, that's, it's really important. It's, it's very important. And we're all, we're all in this together. We're all, you know, so it's, it's something that we should really focus more on. I think we should be taught more how, from a young age, how important that is to, to practice that with everyone around us. hundred percent. I'm glad you're on team empathy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you do anything quirky, like any impressions or anything with your eyebrows or anything fun, like party tricks? <sighs> I don't think I can do anything like that. You know, my daughter, when she was little, she could shake her eyes. <laughs> really? I don't know where she got that one. Yeah, she'd just look at you really hard and her eyes would go like this. <laughs> it was awful as a parent, you know, as you can imagine right. as a parent, you're like, you know, don't do that. Do that again. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> do that again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't have anything. I love it. What does bravery mean to you in three to five sentences? Bravery. I think it means standing up in, in the face of danger in spite of it knowing that or 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 perceived i shouldn't even say danger it's it's having fear and going face first into it anyway i think is the thing is you know we we we're fearful and you can retreat or you can some people say people are brave that are that don't really feel the fear so they're that's not really bravery if they're doing they're doing these great things but they're not but if you are if something even if it's something that everyone else is it comes easy to other people. If you are nerve, painfully nervous, you know, and or fearful that you might mess up or anything, and you still go forward and you do it, and you take a deep breath and you go forward anyway, I think that's incredible bravery. Yeah, I tell a lot of my students that the difference between uh, complete fear and freaking out and excitement is just breath right yeah. yeah so I think about that and a lot. that's what it takes I don't think we realize how much we have it I mean talk about superpowers we have that with us at all times and we don't really realize how much we can control those those moments that seem completely out of control and so much larger than us and we can breathe through them and keep walking and keep moving and conquer it that's beautiful okay but what is your passion um you do so many things. You write, you act, yeah. you produce. You're a great it's mom. So, thank you. I think it, it's so strange to say it because I've 
my so much of my life has been acting, 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 acting has been my passion. I'm talking about since I was six. <laughs> I've been wanting wanting to. And then when I started taking workshops and learning more about the craft and reading Uta Hagen and Stanislavski and getting very serious about it, then I loved it even more. And so that's been my passion my whole life. It feels very strange and almost disloyal of me to say it's writing, but it is. Cool. Why don't you tell us about your books that you've created a little bit? I I love them. Oh, I thank you. I mean, I, I have an organization called Sweet Blackberry. And those books and, sh and short animated films, we're trying to bring stories of little known African-American achievement to kids, people that you don't hear about that have been, that are, whose stories risk being lost. They've been kept out of textbooks and it's kind of like the history is being erased, all these amazing accomplishments that people have made and just incredible people that are so inspiring. So with Sweet Blackberry, I write those stories and we have um, a book that just came out called Flying Free, how Bessie Coleman's, Coleman's dreams took flight about Bessie Coleman, the first black female pilot. And, um, and then we have another one coming out about Garrett Morgan, the inventor in the spring. And I wrote my first novel for middle graders, a historical fiction novel came out, like it went into paperback last year called How High the Moon. And How High the Moon takes place in uh, South Carolina during the 1940s segregated Jim Crow South. And my mother grew up during that time in, in South Carolina. And she'd always talk about how happy her childhood was. And I was like, you know, for, I accepted it. And then I eventually I started going, wait, you're not telling me everything. Like you lived in the Jim Crow South. And, you know, what was that like? Was it was it dangerous or frightening ever? What was it like to live in a completely segregated community? And we're everywhere. It was like that. And uh, she, you know, she answered a lot of questions for me. And I decided to kind of, I wanted to step into her shoes and see what it would be like to a combination of myself and my mom at 11 years old in the South in the 40s. And that's where How High the Moon came. This is a young, light-skinned girl who doesn't know who her father is. Her mother is Black, but she lives up in Boston trying to be a jazz singer. Her She lives with her Black grandparents and cousins. And she gets teased because she's, you know, people tease her about being light-skinned and they call her a zebra. And she's trying to find out if indeed her dad maybe is white and what that means at that time where she lives and how the world is. And uh, so she gets a chance to visit her mom up in Boston, in the North, and sees how differently people are treated, learns some things about her mother she didn't anticipate, and then gets some clues about her dad. And then when she comes back home to South Carolina and starts investigating, she ends up finding out that her very good friend of hers, unrelated to that, a good friend of hers, George Stinney Jr., has been arrested for the murder of two little white girls. And this character is based on a real person in history, George Stinney Jr., for people who don't know, was 14 years old and the youngest person ever executed in the United States. Many years after his death, this case was brought back up and retried and found to be, the original case was found to be a sham and it was thrown out and he was exonerated. But this was many years after this young boy, his 14 year old boy was killed for crimes he didn't commit. And um, so I wanted to, when I was doing my work for Sweet Blackberry, I would come across his face often as a, a little known story. And everyone I spoke to, nobody knew who he was, but he wasn't an inspiring story. So he didn't belong in the Sweet Blackberry, you know, films and books. But this gave me an opportunity to tell people about George 
and uh, by putting him in How High the Moon. And it also turns out he grew up in the 1940s, or didn't grow up, but he was a young boy, in the 1940s in a little town outside of Charleston, or at the same time as my mom. And she lived in a little town outside of Charleston, so it just made sense to pull it together and to um, to be able to tell people a little bit about him, and then they can research further to find out. That's incredible. And and the goal is for this to be in schools and after school programs and also for just pleasure reading. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So where can they find the Blackberry Blackberry? Well, well, Sweet Blackberry? Yeah. Sweet Blackberry. Sweet you can find well we Sweet Blackberry, if you go to sweetblackberry.org, you you can find out about more about the organization. We're a nonprofit organization. So if you can spread the word, please do. If you're interested in helping in any way you know, whether it's through donations or through any kind of service that you can help. We're a nonprofit. So we, we kind of depend on everyone to help with that, to keep us going. Um, but the, the Sweet Blackberry books are at your local bookstore. So I try to encourage you to go to your local bookstores first, but then of course you can find them at the larger places like Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Try not to say that the A word, but Amazon, because <laughs> everything's there. But, right. you know, we've got so many local bookstores that are really hurting right now. Yeah. So it, whenever you can make the extra effort to order, they'll, they'll order for you to order from them. Same with How High the Moon can also be found Barnes and Noble and, and Amazon, but I encourage you to check out your local bookstores and ask them if they don't have it already on the shelf to order it for you. 100%. That's great. This is actually uh, talking about unknown historical figures. Are there any superheroes that you know personally and then someone that you don't know personally? Like this would be the last before the round, the speed round. Do you know somebody that you're like, that person is a walking hero and it can't be your parents. Uh, And and then two, maybe someone that you don't know that you're like, ah, geez, Malala or whoever, that someone that inspires you that you don't know. Yeah, well... As far as who I know, I know so many people who I think are so great. I have a friend, Latham, who I have watched. I watched her raise her son by herself. I watched her nurture a business of being a doula. So she women with, you know, before they and then helps them after the child is born. And she helped me. We met in birthing classes, actually, for our, our uh, my daughter and her son. But I've watched her, and she was so young when I first met her, and I've watched her grow up into this incredible mom and then start this doula business. And now she's this insane entrepreneur, and she's and she's on, you know, in all of these magazines and programs and doing, I mean, she's just, I'm just watching her just, and she's had two best-selling books. And you know, she used to help me with Sweet Blackberry. Like, she'd sit there and, like, do the boom for me when we do our live-action shoots. You know, she was... She'd run a booth for me when I couldn't be in Harlem to run at the book fair. She, I'll take care of it. And I mean, she's just like, and she, I'm just, I mean, it's my, it makes me get emotional when I think of how she's still, she's remained so beautiful and generous and open. And, and I should tell, be telling her all of this. And she's, you know, she gives so much of her time and her spirit and her genuine self to me and to others I think she's definitely a superhero. I've watched her just kind of, and she's not any different. She's just, if anything, she's more generous, I think, of spirit. Oh, that's incredible. Where can people find out or read her books as well? You can go to Mama Glow. She's, if you go to mamaglow.com, 
That's where you would find her. Yeah, Mama Glow. And she's just a dynamo. And she's like this big person in the in the health and wellness community now. She's just like, so cool. <laughs> it's great. It's really, she's really something else. Beautiful soul. I love it. Okay, how about someone that you don't know that you really admire? Well, you said Malala and immediately, and I love Malala, but my mind went to Greta Thunberg. Thunberg mm-hmm. And I, I just love that Greta just cuts right through everything with her honesty and her focus on what's important and what's and how the climate is an immediate thing. And let's stop laughing or politicizing it or you know, trying to make things pretty. She's just like, no, no, I, this is, this needs to be taken care of yesterday. Let's move on this. And her focus, her drive, her being completely unfettered by anyone trying to, you know, give her a hard time. I loved that. I saw pictures of her years ago. I mean, how old could she have been years ago when she was first really alerted to the, to the climate peril that we're in that she started going out and marching and protesting just her and like one or two other friends I don't know if you ever saw those pictures yeah you know and she didn't care she didn't say there's nobody else doing it I can't get anybody else to do it she's like no we're gonna do it doesn't matter and then we're just gonna grow and look at look at what she's done and, and how many she's educated and how many she has inspired and continues to inspire She's definitely a superhero. Yes. All right. Well, hopefully we'll get a chance for her to hear that. Okay. Speed round. One or two word answers. Ready? Yeah. Batman or Iron Man? Batman. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Five favorite songs or a favorite artist? Stevie Wonder. Ooh. Uh, Favorite Stevie Wonder song? Oh gosh, I believe. Oh, but there's so many. There's so many. There's so many. Um, I can't. I'm thinking of the lyrics, but I can't think of how they go. I believe. I believe I can. When I fall in love with you, it'll be forever. Yeah, I I used to play him on repeat growing up. There's so Cyclops many. or Wolverine. Wolverine. I don't even know Cyclops. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's the leader, and he's much cooler in the comic books than he is in the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really. I mean, Wolverine. I feel like I know Wolverine better. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> everyone feels that he's like the most popular X Men, for sure. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Super strong or super smart? Super smart. <laughs> Beach, mountains, or forest? Beach. Any day. Wonder Woman or Captain Marvel? Wonder Woman. Duh. Favorite illustrator <laughs> or writer? Oh, well, you know, we do with, with the Sweet Blackberry films we have and books, we have an illustrator, R. Gregory Christie, who is phenomenal. And he's an award-winning, multi-award-winning children's book illustrator. And we are so lucky to have him. R. Gregory Christie, amazing artist. That's great. We will look him up and try to post his art. Oh, he's um, fantastic. So we cool. Talk to him if you can too. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to. Top three movies. Okay. Can The Godfather one and two be one movie? Yes, let's give you that. <laughs> it's like every five years, I like one better than the other and it just changes. So um, The Godfather uh, one and two. This is where things get difficult for me. Because I, I, I love this movie. I have to admit, I haven't seen it in a while. A movie called Days of Heaven. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a Terrence Malick film called Days of Heaven. 
beautiful film. But then I always wonder if I saw it today, I haven't seen it in like 10 years. Would I still like the same? I don't know. So what I'm going to say, I'm still going to say Days of Heaven. Oh, for atmosphere, In the Mood for Love. Ooh, I love In the Mood for Love. Great. I also love Parasite. I loved Parasite, but, I'm, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with In the Mood for Love. Um, I love it. Okay. Half full or half empty? Half full. Half full. New York or Chicago style pizza? New York. <laughs> New York. Yeah. Thin crust. Thank you. Um, uh, deep dish pasty. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we have, you said R. Gregory? R. Gregory Christie. Okay. So who else do you think that we should uh, nominate for this kind of interview that we could get to know and share their stuff? Well, he'll, he's number one. He's a, he's really good for like an illustrator. You mean anyone or anyone that's a creator, a creator, um, Kwame Alexander. Cool. The, the writer. He's dynamite. If you can get a hold of him. Cool. I'm thinking of like, these are like children. Oh gosh. Jacqueline Woodson, the author who I just, who's just like the greatest children and adult writer. She's amazing. Tatiana Ali, who played my sister on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She's a, a creator. What is she doing nowadays? No, no, no. She's, well, she's writing something right now. She's working on a documentary actually, but she's just an amazing, she's amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think it's more of that. It's been oh, such yeah. a pleasure getting to know you and, and hearing not only what you care deeply about, but uh, you know what you're doing with your platform, which is really, for me, that's the best. When people are feel, they don't feel obligated, but they, they're just moved to do, to do and make the world a better place. So thanks for all that you do. Thank I don't you. have to thank you because it's just who you are, but <laughs> it matters. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And uh, check out Sweet Blackberry for the people. We're going to be growing and talking to really cool people. And uh, I will let you know when we're ready to launch this. And uh, you can tell your fans uh, of Sweet Blackberry about it so they can get to know more about your... Any other final thoughts about the superhero universe or the comic book universe? <laughs> now that you're a mother? Final oh, God. Thoughts? Now, now that I'm a mother, I just wish they would slow down on the movies so I can catch up on. <laughs> they just like it's just too much because then I'm just lost. I end up just lost. They just need to slow it down for some of us who take a while to like figure out. Like, wait, what does she do? What does he do? Right. You know? like, and wait. now they have the TV shows to complement the movies, so you gotta. <laughs> I mean, because if I could, I get so excited because I think if I could get in and understand everything, this would just be awesome. But I, it's like double dutch, you know, I don't know when to jump in. It's just like too many ropes coming at once and too many things happening. You know, and to your to, to your point, I feel narratives, whether they're superheroes or stuff that you're writing and creating, it's a way to really bring people together, no matter your political affiliation or where you're, where you're from, what culture you're from. We can all agree upon Star Trek and Star Wars and the Avengers and right. Tom Sawyer. And, you know, like those are things that that people can agree upon. And that's, for me, a way to change culture. So and, you're doing yeah, And that. it's a way for us to understand other people, people that are different from us. 100%. You know, that's, you know, by entering these worlds, we learn about people who aren't like us. And it makes us understand others and be more tolerant of others more understanding, you know, yeah. less judgmental, judgmental and, and uh, stuck in deep, you know, opinions that are just these staunch, like, you know, 
positions. We don't have to hold any of that. We're all welcome. We can all come to the party. It doesn't have to just be just my my group. <laughs> you know, it's like- 100%. And you were part, I mean, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air really had a big part in educating a lot of people, especially those last years. I think I read once that Will Smith, he kind of took charge and was like, all right, we're going to talk about some serious things. And, and, and it was so important for the whole country. It's, it's very iconic. And, and, you know, yeah. the Cosby show before that, unfortunately, Bill ended up being kind of a creeper, but like, well, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's certain iconic TV shows and films and narratives that, that can really move the needle. And, you know, what yeah. was that like? What is that like being part of something that does even resonate with you at all? You- I didn't realize it at the time. I really didn't. I think it, it's one of those things where, you know, cause you just, it's a big thing to take, to think that you're, you're having that kind of impact on people. It's hard to even re- to recognize that, to accept that. It's only been recently that I've been able to really look that straight in the face and go, wow. I was a part of that. And that's an honor. That's just an honor to me that I was a part of something so great and that impacted so many people and has resonated with so many people generation after generation. It doesn't happen all the time. It was really special and I feel incredibly fortunate. Well, I can't wait to show this to my students and to people around the world. And it's such a pleasure to meet you. And I hope to support you and share with you what we're doing for, for years to come. Yes, likewise. Thank what you. a pleasure. Thank you so much. Ladies You're and welcome. gentlemen, Karen Parsons from Comic Book <laughs> Thanks. Have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. Right, bye-bye. Bye.